Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Sophie Land, the podcast. I'm Sophie Mikulova, a writer, reporter, podcaster, and conspiracy theorist, among other things. My scope of work right now lies mostly within the realms of psychedelics, pop culture, travel, exploration, and creativity, and all the places where those things intersect. You may already know me from my weekly newsletter of the same name, Sophie Land. If you're not already subscribed, I recommend you check it out. It comes out every Monday morning, and it's also where I'll be hosting transcriptions of this podcast. Today, I'm talking to co-founder and CEO of Beckley Retreat. Neil Markey. This episode of Sophie Land is sponsored by Day Trip Canada, Kensington Market's first medicinal mushroom dispensary. Check them out at 69 Oxford Street in Toronto. Look out for the pink door. Sophie Land, the podcast, is still in its growth and expansion stage. I'm excited to see what it becomes and who comes on here and what fascinating conversations we'll have and to keep sharing the ones I've already had. Thank you for being here. Let's begin. Nice to meet you. Thank nice you to you. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. I hope you're having a good time at the Psychedelic Science Conference. Having a blast. So, um, let's just get started. Okay. Let's get right into it. Let's Tell me about Beckley Retreats. I know that I said it was one of the oldest, but I was wrong. It's it's still pretty new. You were founded in 2021. In 2021, that's right. right. And it was first in the Netherlands and now in Jamaica? Um, we started in Jamaica and then... Oh, okay. Other way. My bad. Yeah. Um, so relatively new organization, but our facilitating teams have a lot of experience. And right. That's what really, you know, that's what really matters. So where in Jamaica is the retreat? It's like an hour southeast of Montego Bay, okay. a bit inland. So you fly into Montego Bay. Nice. And how many, like, I would love to know about your thoughts on the retreat model in general and tell me about the average Beckley retreat in Jamaica. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of the longer form programs, okay. retreats. I think that. You know, there's a lot of value in the clinics, but you lose something when you give someone a mystical experience and they go immediately back into their life. You know, I think it's good to create some space around the experiences. Right. So the longer form programs are, I think, really beneficial. And mm. we do 11 week programs. Oh, okay. So I was about it's to say, not just a retreat, form. but it's four weeks of digital preparation that you can do from wherever. Okay. So our guests will just you know dial into the Zoom calls from wherever they are. And then, um, so in those first four weeks, we get the group dynamic started. People get to intro themselves because that's a big part of the experience is doing it with others. Yeah. And, um, and then we also teach some of these basic well-being practices. We teach meditation. We teach mindful movement. We teach breath work. We give some healthy encouragement around some diet changes that people can make. And then Super we nice. use, yeah, um, Western psychotherapy informed approaches to, to help people do some of the, Mindset prep, so the intention setting and, you know, gratitude practice has been shown over and over mm-hmm. again to be really helpful. So we give people some tools and encouragement on that. And then we do five night programs for the immersive part. Yeah. So again, either in Jamaica or the Netherlands. And while we're there on site, then we're doing all those practices, but we're doing it together in a group. It's a digital detox, right. right? So we try and get people off their devices. Offline, like no texting, no news. Yeah, you want to reduce stimulus. Totally. You know? and it's such um, an overstimulating world. It's such an overstimulating world. And um, again, that's why, you know, I, I like the longer form program or the retreat model because you can do that. You can help people do that. And then the highlight, I would say, is the two psilocybin sessions. Um, we do one on day two and then one on day four. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we... We use tea. Everyone gets their own kind of custom dose, which is a, dis- mm. a discussion between 
that individual and the senior facilitators. That was going to be one of my questions too. Like, do you customize the dosing? Do people decide on their own? Because, yeah. you know, everybody's like, for me personally, like I know I'm very sensitive to psilocybin. Yeah. For me, like three grams, like that's significant. Yeah. Yeah. For so it's, it's all, it's all custom. Um, and that can come back to that, but you know, so then we, you know, use Western psychotherapy approaches for the integration sessions, which is essentially group sharing sessions, but they're really, they're really meaningful. Mm-hmm. And then when everyone goes, goes home, we, start immediately with a six week follow up integration program, which is a series of group calls. And then just like a lot of good content and practical exercises for people. Cause this is from a neuroscience perspective, this, you have this like window of opportunity mm-hmm. to make change and, for sure. but you got to do the work, you know, okay. like you have to do the exercises. So we try and help people do that. Yeah. What do you think is the benefit of doing, of having this experience in a group? Um, well, I think part of some of what we're, what we're correcting for is this disconnected existence that a lot of us live in the Western world, right? Everything becomes quite transactional, you know, you can work with someone for a decade and not really even know them much past a quite surface level, you know? And so when you do this work together, you remember what it's like to connect with human beings at like a heart level. Right. It's just, we need that. That's like what fills us up is those like really meaningful connections. And, you know, we're just humans. So um, it's really easy to flake on ourselves, you know, but if you're if you feel like you're part of a group, then there's some accountability to the others. So as you see people show up more, you know, and then in the after period, you know, I think that if we didn't have a group approach, we just sent everybody on their way. It Again, it's really easy to just like not meditate. Um, so yeah, easy. Yeah. Cause you don't have that accountability. Like it's just you by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but if you feel like everybody's kind of doing you on and you're doing it together, then it's just more likely to mm. happen. So peer pressure works. <laughs> peer pressure really works. Peer pressure really works. Yeah. What kind of person do you think would benefit from the retreat model? Like I went on a retreat and for me, like, I think maybe I'm just kind of reserved in a way. So I did find it difficult in the beginning to share with strangers. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you how do you find people overcome that? Do you find that's why the long term kind of container works so well? Because people get to know each other on a different level. Yeah, I hear often people will say something like, "I'm a bit of an introvert. This group stuff kind of is not super comfortable for me." Mm-hmm. And then I usually say, "Well, maybe that's where there's some growth opportunity, right? Where there's a little bit of um, uncomfort." But I've yet to have anyone after the program say that they didn't appreciate it. You know, so. Um, but you know, there's also opportunities on the program. Like I'm a bit of an introvert too. Right. So, um, you're not forced to be with people every moment of every day at the no. program. You have time to go chill. And for some people you do need to have that space to kind of just recover on your own. Yeah. And so, like recharge that social battery, so to speak. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But the, 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 the group that, and you know, and it's, you know, might not be for everyone, right? But, um, I think most get a lot out of it. They really appreciate it. How does Beckley focus on harm reduction during the retreats? Um, well, I mean, we look across the entire, the, the entire experience. So like from the very beginning to the end and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it starts with really good screening. Yeah. That's so, so important. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it really is. And, you know, our programs are non-medical. So we're not diagnosing or treating anything. Our mm-hmm. programs are for the betterment of the well, for personal, more spiritual, spiritual stuff. development. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, everybody has their stuff. 
Yeah. Because you know, we're humans. For sure. But, you know, when people come through, if they have more severe indications, we try and point them to another options. You know? Okay. So our pro- we try and, you know, part of the harm reduction is make sure you have people that are well suited for the program, you know, so we, we, we do that. We also have a call with everyone so you, you, know, you can kind of get a, a feel for the individual and their stability and where they are. And yeah, and like what they're looking for. What they're looking for, right? You want to have some, you know, um, expectation management, you know? And, yeah, I think that's really important. I yeah. think like, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you've seen summer treats will sell like very grandiose visions of like what miracles, what yeah. miracles and like 100% healing mm-hmm. and like 10 years of therapy in, in two hours or yeah. six hours or whatever or something like that and like I just you know I'm wondering like what are your thoughts on things like that the retreat model is exploding so many new retreats are opening up especially in Jamaica right where people are feeling more comfortable kind of legally allowed to do that what are your thoughts on what's happening in that space mm-hmm. in this space rather yeah, I do think that these compounds and this type of work can provide for like radical change of course you know but that's it's not everyone Mm -hmm. and um the individual has to take some ownership of it so the idea that you can just kind of take something mindlessly and then it's just going to like fix everything for you that's just fundamentally wrong and you know we've got to get away from that it's for sure these compounds open things up they create potentiality they're tools but then you have to do something. You have to, you have to do something with it. It's, you know, you, oftentimes you can have uh, one of these experiences and people will have a bit of a glow, right? Maybe they will have a new perspective on their life for a period of time. Maybe they will for, feel more at peace and more connected with things. But if you continue all of your previous habits, if you don't start meditating, if you don't find new, you know, purposeful work or find positive peer groups or, you know, take better care of yourself, you're gonna likely revert. Yeah. It's really easy to slip back. It's really easy to slip back. By the time you get to be, you know, our age, middle age, you know, these patterns that we have in our subconscious and our central nervous system, like they're deep. Yeah. You know, so it's like actively trying to to actively, yeah, do work at them to, to get them to shift. Yeah. You talk a lot about meditation. Is that something that you think is very key to either like your personal life or the Beckley model? Yeah, it's foundational. Yeah. I think it's I think it's foundational and I think that um meditation sometimes gets bucketed in with all of these other modalities, but to me I actually think it needs to be pulled out and it's the base. Okay. And everything is built on top of of that. Um so I think it's incredibly important and then when I got started in this world, you know, I my first you know, exposure to some of these non-traditional ways was meditation and then I actually found that psychedelics, when I used them, were accelerating what I was trying to do with meditation. I think that they're complementary. Mm-hmm. If you look at a lot of indigenous cultures where we know that there's been use, it's 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 part of the meditation. You know what I mean? And I think we've gotten a bit away from that. Um, and yeah, so the meditation is a big part of our programs. And like my wish is for if, if people take nothing else away, if we want to just like you kind of oversimplify things. I hope people develop a daily meditation practice. I think it can be life changing. Yeah. What would like that look like? Do you think it's enough to meditate for like five minutes a day? Like how would one start? Are there any like techniques that you'd recommend? Yeah. I think, you know, the more you can do the better. Okay. Um, and there's lots of different approaches. I think 
it's more about taste. So okay. I would encourage people to like experiment and try different techniques. Yeah, because there's um, there's so many different types. Like there's traditional Buddhist types of meditation, loving kindness, yeah. meta, right? There's um, you know, just like open eye meditation, walking meditation. Yeah, there's there's so many. Um, I the first kind of form that I found was MBSR, mindfulness based stress reduction, which was developed yeah. by this doctor John Kabat-Zinn. Yeah, I'm reading a book about that right now. Oh, no, what's wrong? Yeah, it's a uh, mindfulness. It's a bit mm-hmm. of a critical book on it. It's just a uh, I don't know. I think it's interesting to get all perspectives. Yeah. I mean, look, it doesn't have the spiritual component by design right? because he wanted to study it in a clinical setting. So he needed to kind of strip that out. Yeah. But I think that it actually makes it quite accessible for people that maybe not are not looking for spirituality at the time, um, yeah. which was what I was. I didn't want woo. I wanted to feel better. Right. And so it was really easy for me to just do the, you know, the pragmatic, practical approaches. Yeah. Now I'm like super spiritual. It's like my entire life, you know, mm. but it was, it, you know, it took some time. I think that regardless of the type or regardless of what you believe, if you do the work, if you do the meditations, the, it, it, it does, it happens. The spirituality, you know, the spirituality will comes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty interesting perspective. I, I have to say, I agree with that. Like I do yoga and I find it really hard to see how people would separate like yoga from the spiritual aspects mm-hmm. of it. Like it's not just exercise. You can't really avoid that mindful kind of connection to it. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, Cause it's, that's the base of it. Yeah. Like at the core, that's, that's where it is. Yeah. And I mean, look, if you're new to meditation and you want to explore spirituality, then try a tradition or approach that has them together. If you're um, just looking for something to have some, you know, benefits to how you feel and how you sleep and maybe your relationships and you're not maybe quite ready or for the spiritual thing, then mm-hmm. an MBSR can be a good approach. But sitting each day is important. Yeah. Sitting, focusing. What do you think the future of retreats in the psychedelic space looks like? Yeah, I think that um, we'll have centers, you know, all over the world that are near major metropolitan areas mm-hmm. and um, that are like deep in nature, but you can get to in a couple hours from whatever like city car or whatever. Yeah. And I think people will go and do a long form program like once a year or every other year. Really? Like, yeah. like the average person will like go and do one a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that would benefit? Not them? everyone, not everyone, know, <laughs> but I think a lot of people will. Um, because there's just so much benefit to it. It's like can so enrich your life. Yeah. Right? So that everything else is like deeper and more meaningful. And so uh, and this is that again, like how people have been yeah. doing this for a long time. We've just gotten away from it. So it's almost just like remembering. And then I think they'll be in good relationship with more local centers that will have all different types of healing modalities. So like to me, there's some need for this new. It's like a new church slash gym slash therapy center slash community center where people come together and right like a commune basically like well Maybe. i don't know how to use that word i know i guess it's that like word a, like, sounds like very holistic like, well-being center or something like just like a place to like pop in pop out yeah yeah it's like always the, like populated yeah that yeah exactly like um yeah where you can have some connection and it's just accessible. You can go there, you know, every day or yeah. once a week or something and like see the people that you know and right. as people that are also trying to walk this path. So like at the core, a space for community yeah. building, like a community center basically, community which is nice. Center. 
which is nice. Like when I was a kid, I always went to the community center. They had mm-hmm. a library that the pool, like just yeah. places that you would go, summer camp. Yeah. Do you think that in the future, the price point for retreats will go down? Because sure. right now, a lot of them, you know, they're starting at four or $5,000 for a few days. As as much as we talk about the benefits of psychedelics and retreats for people, like, unfortunately, a lot of time is just not accessible. Yeah. No, I think the cost, and that's part of the reason why we want to get the facilities closer to the people. I think you get the cost way down. And Yeah. You know, right now, we're in this phase where we're people, we're figuring things out. But once we, like figure out the proper protocols and the programming and some time goes by, then yeah, you can get the costs way down and there's other ways to do it too. I mean, we're a public benefit corporation, mm-hmm. so we have a dual mandate, you know, to not only um, be sustainable, but to figure out how to make the programs accessible. So we do a lot of scholarship programs. And so I don't mind charging people that have the means like a high price. If we're yes. offering something that's excellent, so sure. long as we're going good things with that additional margin. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a pay pay it forward type 100%, thing. 100%, like a Tom's Shoes type model. Yeah. yeah, I find that people who can't afford it will pay for like that extra, so for somebody who can't afford it, right? Like I've yeah. done events in the past that were like, oh, donate a ticket. And people who could did, yeah. even if the tickets were like $100, $200. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of people out there that have, you know, a lot of disposable income. Yeah, and they're feeling generous. And they're feeling generous and they feel you know, grateful to be able to do this work. And I mean, the other option for accessibility is you just like, you start kind of lowering standards. Mm. And I don't think that's the right way. I think you want to have really high standards, <laughs> but figure out like, you know, through these pay it forward type models or whatever scholarship type programs, you want to bring every people that can't necessarily afford it. You want to bring them through high standard programs too. Yeah. Just, so like everybody some, deserves, everybody deserves a, experience. <laughs> a, a safe experience, a, a safe, thoughtful <laughs> experience it's just you know it takes time to to build these things and figure these things out so of we can, you can only do so much i mean it's still such a new space such a new environment yeah. people are still trying to figure out how to make the best retreat like they change every year yeah even with one of some of the longer companies yeah does uh i think this might be one of my last questions before we run out of time but does beckley ever have t- plans to expand into the states yeah for, I mean, for the retreat yeah yeah we would love to um you know, I don't think we'll do it in the next few years. No. I think we need to see how the dust settles, right? Like the uh, the states can intend to do things, but then the devil's in the details of the laws and, you know, how... So many hoops to jump through, so much bureaucracy. Yeah, and just, yeah, I mean, this stuff takes time to figure out, you know, like to give an example, um, you know, you need insurance. Well... Some insurance carriers are a little bit hesitant to offer insurance for something that's still federally illegal. So, like, we've got to figure all that stuff out. It just t- it'll take some time. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's still federally illegal. So there's yeah. some risk. You know, the, the, the DEA, without trial for drug cases, can lock your assets up. So okay. as a company... You know, don't want it, that. Yeah, it's it's just it's risky, right? And you know, so I think we'll take our time. For sure, for sure. And I think this will actually be my last one because we do have a bit of time. Is um, what to you, like as as co-founder of Beckley Retreats, like is the most important part of the retreat model and the container? The most important part, I think, it's like really high caliber facilitators, right? Do, your, do the facilitators, like, is it important for you? Do you believe that 
I'm so sorry. I'm like stumbling. It's all good. Do you believe that facilitators should have experience with psychedelics before serving others? Yeah, I do. Like yeah. a lot. Like, what do you think well, is like an appropriate amount? I mean, to some extent, the more the better. You right. want people that have seen a lot of Scenarios. different outcomes. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you for sure that a big fancy resume um, with a lot of trainings and maybe even hundreds of ceremonies does not mean that person necessarily embodies the work. Mm. Really what you need is the presence. Yes. And you need someone that is living embodied and is able to bring that like nice, calm, cool, peaceful, loving energy, Totally. which is not, doesn't come from the mind. Right. So we've actually had, you know, some very highly trained psychiatrists, psychotherapists um, that, um, you know, are great at their craft. Right. But they are, haven't been the best fit for holding space for a group psychedelic experience because they're they're very oriented to the mind. And mm -hmm. part of this work is not that, <laughs> you know, it's, no, it's not. It's it's quite different. So, so beyond that, you almost sometimes will have people that are very well schooled, um, but they almost need to unlearn some of that or they need to practice not doing the mind thing. Yeah, because it's so non-traditional. It's so yeah. non-traditional. It's, it's just the Western way. Yeah, is is the is the mind. For sure. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Neil. I Absolutely. really appreciate the interview today. And a uh, big shout out to Beckley Retreats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Sophie Land. I'd love to thank all the people who made this episode possible. Thanks to Neil Markey for being my second guest. Thank you for Brachi Communications for the Media Connect. Thank you to Moore for recording and audio editing, Daytrip for sponsoring the episode, and of course, to you for listening. For more of my work, you can subscribe to my newsletter, Sophie Land on Substack, or find me on Instagram at Sophie Does Everything, which for now are my two main containers for sharing my work with you. To stay in touch and find more of my work, you can subscribe to my newsletter, Sophie Land on Substack, or find me on Instagram at Sophie Does Everything, which for now are my two main containers for sharing my work. Thank you again for listening. I hope you liked it, and I hope to catch you in the next episode. Bye!